So I guess before we start, anyone have anything they want to point out from last week or any discussions or questions that they thought about it during the week or something they wanted to add? Last week we discussed about mindfulness, God creating the world, every second, living in the present. That was really last week's discussion. So if anyone had anything they wanted to comment that they thought about, um, I was thinking about Jason's question, but I couldn't think of uh, any um, what was my good tools. So about um, practical way of knowing, um, is, is this something that I could handle now, or is this something that mm. is not in my power right now? I shouldn't, I shouldn't, meaning, you could always question yourself, really, it could be endless. I, I agree with what you were saying, so. Right. Okay, if you had any. I feel like one thing that struck me, as we were talking about the Sunday power, right back, is that sort of mindfulness is very popular in secular society as an idea. And mindfulness in secular society has come from Buddhism. But in Buddhism, it's uh, taught as like right mindfulness. So it's almost like not even the, and maybe you do a better job of explaining. No, you're, you're pretty much good. Like you're not supposed to use it for, like there's all sorts of warnings about how you can use it as like escapism or uh, just something about like you're not focused on the right things like mindfulness is just a tool but like you can use a tool for good or for bad uh-huh. maybe like that's something that isn't really talked about in secular society you use it for right just kind of anything <laughs> right you know? so i guess the origins are the, the yeah. origins how it started off are different than the modern day secular world how they use it in therapy yeah, right. or whatever right. and if anything like the, the origins are more similar to the jewish idea yeah definitely Aha, uh-huh, interesting. So you're saying, but you're saying the origins are in a way of escape, technically. Could 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 have that issue. Could have that issue. You're saying. Or the but. origins are like against using it for. Oh, they're against yeah. using yeah. for escape. Right. As opposed yeah. to, uh, secular is kind of as an escape. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Or as just like uh-huh. a focus on things that aren't really aligned with you know the purposes behind it. Um, right. Kind of be. Right. Mindful of things to a detriment, right. or right, right. So I don't know. I feel like a lot of times I notice these like similarities, and I'm like, oh yeah, like that's cool similarity. Right. Like how like Judaism is talking about yeah. mindfulness also. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you you can find it in all different religions. Yeah. But what's interesting is that Judaism didn't get it from Buddhism, right. but they right. but it's a it's a real good tool that you know. I guess they both came to the same conclusions. And yeah, it, it could be really powerful. I guess it could really, you know, go to different places. So I guess that's what we were focusing on last time, that, you know, really still be in the present while realizing the present has part of the future and part of the past in it. So right. to put that all together. Right. All right, any other comments before we start? Comments about what? Welcome, Jim. Life in general. That also. <laughs> also life in general. Oh. <laughs> it's good. It's all good because it's all God. 
<laughs> wow. But that's seemingly the only reason. <laughs> okay, well, we say everything should be revealed good. Not just good, but revealed good, right? That not just good for God, but that I realize it as good too. Right. Okay, so here we begin. We're on page... Uh, 148, really. That's where today's lesson's gonna start us off. And really, uh, today's lesson is really gonna be, I would say a continuation from last lesson, but totally, totally different. Like everything till now, really. Um... We just, right, we're discussing mindfulness. So the question is, being present sounds like a very amazing thing to do if I'm involved in something good, something spiritual. But I'm sure you can relate to this, I relate to this, is that a lot of my day is not necessarily involved in pure good. It's involved in eating, sleeping, working, etc., things like that. The mundane, regular, you know? Um, so the question is, how is being present in the mundane, in the physical, how is that something spiritual? How is that something that could have purpose, right? Um, and that's what you see on the screen that we're going to be doing. Mind your business, reframing the routine. We're really going to be taking mindfulness and bringing it to the mundane parts of our lives. And if someone here only has a spiritual life, um, so let me know now, so that way, <laughs> that way I don't bore no, you out. <laughs> no, but this sounds like Zen Buddhism. Yeah. When I'm washing the dishes, it's like, it's spiritual for me. Wow. Okay. How, how is washing the dishes spiritual? I Meaning, that's, that's incredible. I'm <laughs> but. present in the moment, and I'm knowing that I'm loved, and I'm created an image of, of God, you know, himself. Wow. Wow. Okay. So I think we're going to develop along what you're saying, to bring it into the mundane, to really bring it into the work. And that it should be productive to the work as well. Not just, not to take away from the work, to be productive in the work. So, as you see on the screen, we're going to be making meditation practical for busy people in a working life with doing a lot of things and how to really be able to meditate while doing all my busy stuff. And that will be changing the way we behave in every single moment. Because the key is every single moment, not just the spiritual moments in life, but every, every single moment. Right? Um, so if you look on the screen, this is, sorry, I just don't want to be blocking your gift. Yeah. So obviously the question is, what is the real story beneath the mundane? We have to look a little bit deeper into the, the mundane parts of our lives. And when we look deeper, we'll find that there's divine energy in everything physical in our lives. Um, and when we tap into the divine energy in all the mundane things, that will help us find a meaningful life in everything that we do, right? And every little thing we do. And if you ask someone, at least if I ask myself, straight up, where is Judaism? Where do you find Judaism? I would say in the synagogue, maybe spiritual places, doing a holy deed, a mitzvah. But right now we're going to suggest something radical and we're going to change everything that Judaism is found in the mundane and more in the mundane 
maybe more in the mundane than the spiritual. And God is found in the mundane. Right? Which is going to be really incredible. Which is basically telling me that I don't necessarily have to be a really spiritual person to experience godliness. I could be living a mundane life, which is really, really incredible. And the question is how, right? That's the big question. So obviously the question is, how does one achieve this? And that's the person looking off in the distance at figuring out how they're going to achieve this. <laughs> All right. So that's, that's the big question of the day. How do, how do I actually go ahead about and do that? Obviously my physical life and everything I have to do to live and make money and et cetera, all those things don't necessarily sound golly. So the question is, how is it? Um, and we'll start off with reading um, from text one. So um, Jason, would you like to read, uh, you see, on page 148? Sure. Know God in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. All right. So it says, know God in all your ways. So what's the key over there? The key, the key word. Oh, oh. Right, very good. The key word is all your ways. Not in the, your spiritual ways, not in holy ways, but in, every, in all your ways. And everyone could translate it for themselves. What, are, what is everything you do in your life right now? From the morning to the evening, what do you do? And what we're basically saying is that every single one of those ways, you could find God in all those ways, which is really incredible. Um, at least, would you like to read, do you see um, text 1V? which is a brief passage upon which all fundamental principles of Torah are dependent. Know God in all your ways, and he will direct your paths. Right. So what are we adding over here? We're saying that this is a fundamental principle. Meaning, coming to Judaism, this is something, really, in living life in general, this is very fundamental, because if someone lives a life only focusing on the spiritual, most of their life is basically not godly. I have to bring it to... My physical life. Um, so the key here, the key here is we're going to focus the difference between bringing God in my physical life and, let's say, my spiritual life, is bringing God in my spiritual life in a way is simpler. It's kind of like I just do the act, I do the mitzvah, I do the good deed, and I know that what I'm doing, I'm helping someone else right now, that's good, right? So it's, it's, it's almost a little bit clear cut. Um, I go pray, that's a good thing. With physicality, it's not just what I do. It's my intention behind it. Meditation is crucial to the mundane. Because if I leave it as mundane, and I'm just working, washing the dishes, or eating food, etc., then it remains mundane, and it could go more, it's concealing God. So meditation here is crucial. That's basically what um, it's important to know here. Um, Joel, would you like to read um, text 2 on page 150? Direct our hearts and totality of our behavior to one goal, becoming aware of God, blessed be you. The way we rest, rise, and converse should all be directed to this end. For example, when involved in business dealings or while working for a wage, we should not think solely of amassing wealth. Rather, we should engage in such activities for the sake of being in a position to obtain that which our body needs, food, drink, shelter, and stuff. Then, when we eat, drink, or engage in intimate relations, we should not intend to do these things solely for pleasure, to the point that we eat and drink only that which is sweet and tasty. 
and we engage in intimacy for pleasure. Rather, we should focus our minds while eating and drinking on the exclusive benefit of maintaining a fully healthy body. Therefore, we should not eat whatever the palate desires, to put us on par with animals, but rather we should select foods that are beneficial for the body, whether they are bitter or sweet. And we should avoid substances that are harmful to the body, even if they taste delicious. So this is just a general idea, is that the idea is that every physical thing we do could be used in a godly way, right? And obviously just a general statement like that um, doesn't have value unless we break it down. And we're going to really try to bring it into our daily life, so we're going to... Where does um, ple- yeah. pleasure come from? I, I oh, yeah, sure. I'm comfortable with... Yeah. Um, you know, eating things regard. I, I almost, maybe I'm a child, I don't know. Um, you know, uh, whether they're bitter or sweet. Uh, avoid substances that are harmful for the body, even if they taste delicious. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I, I just, I like pleasure, you know. I'm right. not a hedonist or anything, but I, I, uh, I'd rather have pleasure than pain for the most right. part. Right, 100%. I don't think we're saying pleasure is bad. Okay. We're saying pl- pleasure could be a good thing, but we're, not, we're saying not to do it solely for pleasure, meaning for it, to be godly, for, for it to be a godly act. Meaning, I think your life should be amazing. You should have lots of pleasure. But so, you can't eat cookies. <laughs> okay. what? so you can't eat cookies and desserts. Oh, very good. So today, tonight... We had this special desserts made. They're they're, he- they're all healthy, so we're gonna. We're, they, so it fits. That's <laughs> I made sure it fits. The, it's all it's all healthy. Are those raisins or? Are oh, these are raisins. Yeah, oh, yeah. we're gonna use them for the meditation. You'll see. I'll, I'll, There's a lot of sugar in them. Um. Yeah. Natural. Well, it's more natural. Yeah. They got seed. Sugar. <laughs> right. 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 So if you prefer, if you prefer not to eat them, hundred no, percent. I'll, I'll be supportive. <laughs> Um, okay, so, yeah, so it's all, all clear with that, right, Jim? Yeah, all good? Pleasure's okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're not, we're, we're not, <laughs> you're in, you're in, you're in. But, but yeah, we're, we're going to try to get more to godly level. That's what we're going to get to. Okay. Um, which, which doesn't negate pleasure, which is it's very important to know. Um, so, okay, as you look on the screen, so we're right now going to learn how to change our daily routine and... We're going to go through pretty much three sections in our daily routine, and we're going to discuss, we're going to start off in the most shallow way of doing that, and if you relate to the most shallow way, that's amazing. That's fine. I, do, I relate to the shallow ways, and we'll try to build up from there. And then we're going to get to the mo- more mindful ways of doing these acts, right? We're going to progress, and we're going to go through the things which um, I think everyone here does in some sort of fashion, um, eat sleep and work. I feel like that takes up a lot of our uh, physical life. Obviously, there's more things to that. Um, and work, I can mean by, it can mean by responsibilities also. That can mean work. Like, do you have responsibilities throughout your day? Um, and yeah, we're going to work on having a mindful approach. So we're going to start off with eating and we're really going to progress. We're going to Within eating, within sleeping, within working, we're basically going to have like three meditations for each one. So it's gonna, it's gonna, one's going to add to the next, and if I'm holding by the first meditation, that's good. I don't have to be holding by the next one. 
and it becomes a little more intense, a little more complicated, but I think it's something we could all do. All right, so we have on page 152, exercise. All right, it's a lot of fun, the exercises. Is that, is that your best part of the, the lesson? It's my, it's, my, it's my best part. Very nice. All right, so jot down your preferred food for each of the following. All right, so you got a pencil, breakfast, dinner, snack. Pregnancy right now. Uh, <laughs> like, oh gosh. Yeah. I just want cake. So that's kind of <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like Dinner date snack, comfort food, midnight snack, dessert. You could add your own if you have uh, another section of when you eat throughout the day. Yeah, like let's say, or let's say you had a chef, you know, that can make you any food, you know? What, what, what do you want, you know? <laughs> I'm just making a few right, well, yeah, preferably different foods for different days of the week, that, make, that, that makes it better, you know? That makes it more in, interesting. Desert, uh, deserted <laughs> island, I guess we don't have that choice. Oh, very good. So, uh, something you want to say, Travis? Uh, come on. So, yeah, let's say you're stuck on a deserted island without a clue as to when you might be rescued. Identify the one food that you want to have with you. Yeah, what would it be? Coconuts. Coconuts. All right. That would be would... easily achievable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Great. What would you have? Steaks. Steak. Steak. All right. So... Uh, meaning, we're talking about this is the one thing you're going to eat day after day after day, and you want to make sure, I assume, it's uh, something that will keep you alive and healthy and, um, you know. Minus bread. Bread. Yeah, very important. Grapes. There you go. Um, so, I, I feel like the most important food, at least for what I would choose, is something that is, at least, you know, I, I personally would think would go for tuna. Tuna? Yeah, I'll go for tuna. But the idea is it's something... The cans or... What? Either that or catch. What? (laughs) (laughs) Or go fish. Fresh caught, not tuna. Start fishing tuna. But, so now now the challenge... What? You get mercury poisoning pretty quickly. Oh, yeah? Okay, so maybe I should change that. Yeah, you'd be better off with sardines. (laughs) Maybe sardines? Carrying mercury, yeah. (laughs) But not as tasty as tuna, I think. Yeah. The best would be what the Jews had in the desert for 40 years. Mm. They, they had a special mun, which was able to um, change to whatever flavor that they wanted on the spot. And also um, gave them energy, like kind of like bread. It was in the shape of, it was in the protein of a bread, but if you wanted ice cream, you know. Uh, so I guess the question is, is, the the food which he wrote down for the deserted island, do you find is that on your list at all? Breakfast, dinner, snacks that you wrote before, it is on your list. Okay, great. So well, I I have nuts for my snack, but coconut is really a nut. right. Right. I call it a nut. Right. 
Meaning? Mm. Sorry, what? <laughs> I said, I feel like Cliff Bars or some other sort of nutritionally dense. Oh, okay. Oh, that's bars right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's pro- that probably is. But it's not on my list. <laughs> oh, okay. So the question I would ask you is if, it, if it's not on your list, so why not? Which I'm asking myself. I also don't have it on the list. Um, anyone want to say what would be the difference? Why, why on a deserted island would I pick something that's totally not on my list of my what I could pick um, for breakfast, lunch, and supper, my choice. What would be the difference? Other yeah, than, sorry. Other than comfort food, I was going to say I'm not as sick as I think I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Potato chips, but, oh, you're right. you know, everything else is fairly, you know, healthy choices. Right. I like. Okay, amazing. <laughs> Great. Worked out. Right. Okay, so, so connected. But, but if it wasn't, the idea is, is that when you're on desert island, you probably have to pick something that's more practical, healthy, long-lasting, etc. Not just, and, and the previous foods I was able to pick out of my desire for pleasure, kind of. And if you picked healthy, good for you. Because the idea, what we're saying right now, is the first um, way to eat mindfully is really to eat for health reasons, um, not just for pleasure. Um, because like you see on the screen without meditation why do I eat the answer is because there's food in the fridge at least I (laughs) you open the fridge and there's food so I eat Um, and tastes good but really if I think about it uh, being mindful means to eat what is the core reason why I eat what is the core reason we just have tons of food and we're blessed to be in America but the core reason why people eat is really to survive for health and this is really being more mindful because healthy way of life is really more in the spiritual direction. So that's, you know, it's not just for pure pleasure, there which we connect, what? I think there are spiritual foods, you know, foods that are more spiritual than others. It's like like what? what would be like a spiritual yeah, food? Yeah, some people, that, you know, they're not Jewish, but they don't do pork. And they don't do pork because um, whatever practices they come from, they know that from their standpoint of meditation or mindfulness, it brings them to a different level of consciousness. Uh-huh. You know, pork, so they don't. Right. Um, interesting, interesting. Yeah. So, so actually, yeah, we're, we're going to discuss that, which is really the difference between, we're going to discuss why kosher foods are a little more spiritual than non-kosher foods. We're going to get into that. Very good. Thanks for bringing that up. This makes me think our bunnies are really spiritual because they just go nuts for lettuce. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> they don't eat a chocolate like some people. <laughs> uh-huh. Or cheese. Or cheese. <laughs> wow, look at that. Did, did the authors of the Torah, did they, did they know chocolate existed? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, is that an option? Um, yeah. The authors of the Torah. <laughs> who, is the, who wrote the Torah? <laughs> I have a new theory, speaking of um, chocolate, about the etrog. Which is, uh, or that like we thought the tree of life fruit was like an etrog, right? Yeah. But then recently we went to a, a cocoa farm in Hawaii and the cocoa fruit looks just like an etrog. And so now I'm convinced that's actually the fruit from the tree of life. That's wow. <laughs> wow. All right. I mean, it's, it's probably not, but it could be. <laughs> you know, that's, that's going to be my. What did you, what did you take a. On the issue. Oh, okay, fine. <laughs> did you eat it? Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was great. Oh. So say if you eat from the tree of life, you'll live forever. Oh, great. Okay. So good news for you. Nice. (laughs) In the physical sense? Um, Good question. (laughs) It sounds 
that'd be a tough. I mean, some people lived really old, but. Um, I, I think th- I think the answer is yes. If the meaning the tree of life was forever hidden, that's how the story of Adam and Eve goes. Um, and the reason why at their Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden was because once they're already involved in not good, God didn't want them to eat from the tree of life, and the impurity would live forever. So, and then God just and right. So, so. I think so. Physical um, and mortality. Right. That'd be pretty cool. Which, which question is why not, you know? Or not. Do you get old? Do you get aches and pains? Or do you just continue in this endless state of um, perfect health like you're 20 years old? Well, we if say with that. Yeah, yeah. You eat from the tree of life. Right, right. So what we say when, Mas- when Mashiach comes, when the Messiah comes... Um, our understanding is that we're going to be physical human beings. We're not going to be going to the spiritual worlds, and anyone who has passed on will come back into their physical beings. And it's a big discussion, how will they look? Will they look like they were in their 70s, 50s, 20s, if they passed on with, a, with some sort of illness? Um, what will happen with illness and whatever? So, in short, I think... It's different opinions, but I think everyone agrees at the end that everyone will be pretty much in their 20s, 30s, and, and healthy, 100% healthy. <laughs> and, um, but in the beginning, everyone will still have, like, uh, right in the beginning, everyone will still have, like, the way they looked right before they passed on so we could recognize who they are, and then they'll metamorphosis back to their whatever. So <laughs> that's the... So my understanding is that completely healthy. That's my understanding. But obviously for the research. Limb, you get your limb back. Right. Or you, right. You lost your sight. Right. Right. Oh. right. Right. But if you got some sort of surgery to correct something, would you be born? Would you like come back with that surgery? Does it make a difference if it's cosmetic well, what, or like uh, oh, you're saying if it was like you saying if it was cosmetic? Yeah. Or cosmetic or medical? Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> medical. What's you're saying? Well, what did the surgery do? The surgery just put them back into so like, functioning. So you had like I don't know bad scoliosis or something, and then you got surgery to correct your back. Would you? And you got that like right. after your twenties, you know? Right. You'd come back probably without scoliosis. Right. I assume so. Or a few born with a birth defect. Oh, right. Or yeah. from the beginning, you're born with a birth defect. Yeah. Or a birthmark. Right. Right. Well, it says there won't be any, any illnesses. Any, mm. So I'm assuming, I'm assuming that everyone will be healthy entirely. The question is, the, the beginning stage right away, in order to recognize who this person is, how will everyone be in the, in the beginning stages? But then will, everyone will be healthy and everyone will be fine. Mm. Um, and... There's a lot to discuss. It says that everyone's going to die right before Mashiach comes. <laughs> Revelation. <laughs> but there's interpretations to that. That doesn't mean die physically. Uh, it could also mean death of impurity, of death of ego, death of negativity. Not physical death, necessarily. So, we're good. And it will come today. Why not? Where, so Where are we all going to fit? <laughs> that's a good question. So it actually talks about the land expanding, uh, Israel expanding, etc. But maybe we should have a whole course about 
uh, Mashiach one day. <laughs> that would be cool. It is an interesting topic. There's a lot. It's a, whole, it's a whole world which I don't know about. And why would I want something which I don't know about? So, and, it's, and we're going to find out that it's very important to want Messiah. All right. So let's get back into uh, mindfulness and eating, et cetera, like that. Okay, so our first meditation was to be mindful that we eat to, for healthiness, for survival, like the bunnies, and that will lead to healthier choices. Um, I had one comment on that. So, but we, we also eat for other reasons. You know, we eat to build community and to, to celebrate events. I mean, like Shabbos, for example. Um, Hanukkah. Hanukkah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, I, amazing, I was, we're going to get to that. I think that that would be a more advanced uh, state of meditation, using the foods out for, for um, other good things. But that's true. Um, in fact, yeah, it, it says about, I think we're going to discuss it a little bit, so we'll get into that. All right. Um, now, what's interesting is that in Judaism, every single thing we eat, you could eat, has a special blessing to make the point. And what's the blessing? The blessing is a meditation. So, which is amazing. You can meditate hundreds of times throughout your day, and there's already a guideline how to meditate, what to think about. And the idea of every blessing is basically the same context. The idea behind every blessing of food is basically saying how we're thanking God for creating this food. And that is a more advanced uh, meditation because we're right now bringing spirituality to the food that I'm eating. I'm being grateful. That's a godly thing and grateful to God, right? And really we could take this uh, much further. So you see on the screen, being mindful, we recognize where our food really comes from. It comes from uh, God. But really, if you think about it, we all know um, that God actually assisted and gave wis- he gave wisdom to so many people to provide for us. Meaning like this, let's say... So um, doesn't work at a grocery store. Who? God. Yeah. Right, exactly. That's exactly what I was going to get to. So obviously you think the person who... You're thinking the, the person behind the grocery, right? So meaning like this, let's say in the example that we have up here, we have the pasta. That's, so you have a farmer in Kansas who's working on the smolina or whatever it is, and... It's being processed, it goes to a factory, and then it's made, and then finally you have your pasta. So if I'm thinking about the whole process and how many times, how many people, people's effort went into this work, and I think about how God gave all these people the minds and the brilliance to put this all together, that I could get this ready-made food and I don't have to make it all myself from scratch, right? That's amazing. That's, that there's a lot to be thankful. Not just that I have the food, but the whole process. There's a lot to be thankful. Um, which is, I think this works for people who know really how food is made, but I, I don't know so much about <laughs> food is made. But it, it, if you learn about it, there's a lot to be, lot to be thankful about. And really God engineered it all. And which leads us to our, our uh, a deeper meditation now, um, spiritual meditation on eating. Um, and this is going to be the difference between science and Kabbalah. All right, sounds interesting. So, science says that 
you could look at a food and I could tell you which parts of the food are bringing physical energy to your body. Kabbalah could do the same thing, but in a spiritual sense. That I could tell you that there's certain parts of the food that have spiritual energy, which are giving spiritual energy to your soul. And when I'm making a blessing, I'm awakening that spiritual energy and bringing it into my soul. And there's really an entire world that's happening when I'm eating food that I don't see. But it's happening, 100%. Because everything is created with spiritual energy. Um, Jim, would you like to read, you see page uh, 154? Um, text 4A. Was, sorry, I was skipping. Hence, when God, God declared, let the earth be forth living souls, or let the earth produce vegetation and fruit trees, Genesis 1, 24, 12. Those very words created everything, and those same utterances continue to function after the inner life of that which was created through them. When we take a fruit or any food and recite a blessing over it with the proper intent, articulating the words Blessed are you, God, mentioning God's sacred name, the spiritual energy responsible for bringing that fruit into existence is activated. This occurs because everything was created through the divine name, and our articulation of God's name in the blessings awakens the divine energy that flows from God name within the fruit, then the awkward, awakened rather, energy within the fruit provides spiritual sustenance for our soul. This can only work with kosher food, substances that God himself directed us to sublimate from mon mundane to the divine. This is the deeper significance of the verse. Know that a person does not live by bread alone, but rather by whatever comes forth from the mouth of God does a person live. Deuteronomy uh, 8.3 It is not the physical bread alone that supports life. Rather, when we utter God's name in a blessing and activate the spiritual energy that gives life to a person, or more precisely, to the soul that animates us. Wow, thank you for reading that, Jim. So, in short, what you just said, if you look on the screen, it will be pretty much what Jim said, that God's speech pretty much creates, from his words, create the creation, like we discussed in the past. Um, and that's how the world's created. And then, these godly sparks flow through creation into the food in front of me, into the drink in front of me, coffee, tea, whatever I'm eating, <coughs> drinking. And what happens is, when I say a blessing, I'm activating the godly energy which was creating this item. And that provides spiritual energy to my soul, which really gives my physical life energy. So this whole world is happening, and if I know about it, and if I meditate about it, I could have a different experience. I could have a spiritual experience instead of just having pleasure. Um, and again, the key is basically just, um, thinking a short, the, the blessing, you know, thinking the words of the blessing. And it's really a short meditation that I could really think about the golly spark within, within everything.
And what's really incredible is, I wanna ask you guys a question right now. So the craving that we have for food, why did God do this? Why did God make humans dependent on food? Well, 155 continued yeah. on one. Sorry, what? No, I'm wrong. Sorry. Okay. We're good? Two pages came together. Oh, uh, okay. I was like, oh, well, there's the answer to that, and the continuation of that, but it's not. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry. So, question is, like, we eat food because we're hungry, we need food, we need, we need to be healthy, and we need to provide energy to the soul, to our soul, but why did God create it that we're dependent on, on, on food? vegetables a human being who is so you know god gave us a mind he gave us a heart he gave us incredible things speech we could turn over the world but we're not dependent on ourselves we need vegetation we need we need things that are less advanced than us to survive the question is why did god do that um so i would like to venture to say that the reason is because it's not just for me. The reason why God wants us to eat is for the food. God could create us without the food, but he wants the food to be elevated. And right now we're gonna change the dynamics, the spiritual energy which is in the food, which is giving me energy. The reason why I'm eating it and making the blessing is for the spiritual energy in the food. Because I care about the spiritual energy in the food to be uplifted and elevated and redeemed. So the reason why human beings were created, that we have a craving for food, is really like you see on the screen, it's the godly spark inside the food screaming to be redeemed. The reason why we are hungry is not for us. Because God created us that we don't need food to exist. Why are we hungry? Why do we need food? It's for the food. And there's a spiritual spark in the, in the food that's waiting to be redeemed and this opportunity awaits me any second of the day. And if I realized the whole point why food was created every second, I would be looking to the spirituality into the item because I want to let it, let it free from prison. It's stuck there. That's why you open the fridge. And that's the re- Very good. <laughs> so um, sometimes I do it for pleasure. But the reason why that pleasure was God created me that pleasure is for a spiritual mission. And the question is, will I fulfill that? So you're just fulfilling your spiritual mission when you open the fridge? <laughs> um, that's step one. <laughs> step two, right, step, step one, step two would be um, awakening the spiritual energy because if I just eat it and for pleasure, then it's being more imprisoned. Um, so I, why is that built in only for food and not other mitzvot? That okay. what? Like, I don't have a craving to put on to fill in every morning like I do have a craving for French toast. Good question. To what? Put, what on? To put on to fill in every oh, morning. Oh, oh. <laughs> mm. oh, I have to think about that. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be the case, but... No, you're right. You know. That if... Uh, if the reason for having a craving for food is that it's a craving to fulfill the mitzvot and, um, and release the spiritual energy in the food, then why do I not have that same craving for other mitzvot, like putting on tefillin? Or- what a great question. Okay. 
Right. <laughs> right. Right to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Right. So I guess to fill in all the the mitzvot were were is in a different way, is in a commandment, right? In a commandment type of way. And I guess if we didn't have a craving for food, God would have to command us to eat. It, because of that, because of that, because of that idea that God wants us to, meaning the question is why tefillin did it come out in a commandment and food it came out in a craving. But what's interesting, there's also a commandment to eat food. There is, which is really, to, there's a commandment in the Torah to be healthy. So the question is why did God add this concept of desire? I mean, the animal soul wants food. Right. Right. The animal soul probably doesn't want to put on tefillin unless uh, right. you're very. So dense. maybe if there would be a, a desire to put on tefillin, there wouldn't be would, there wouldn't be a challenge. Mm. As opposed to. Right, it, w- it would be just a good thing. As opposed to food with the desire, it's still not necessarily a good thing. Because there's still a second step. I have to, I have to meditate. I have to realize spirituality. So it's interesting how it came out in different forms. Yeah? Something? Someone outside. Okay. So it's it's interesting that it came out in different forms, but the idea is that everything really has the challenge part of it and then the the spiritual side to it, meaning the physical desire. I guess, so in Tefillin it comes out that I'm not interested. Mm. And the spirituality side is to do it. And then food, the desire is that I am interested but the spiritual side would be to use that interest for a further interesting how to play it out different. Basically. Right. Hmm. But if you come out with more... Ed- if you un- if think you- about it more. Right, exactly. Do more research about that. So, one of the reasons is that the craving is to be done with dominance. Mm. <laughs> right. That through pr- through davening through prayer, I could create that craving. You're saying? I would just say making a joke. Oh, no, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was taking it literally. Yeah. <laughs> that you know, the craving is so I can be done with the uh, beer con, so I can go and play basketball or something. Or whatever. Oh, okay, fine. Do. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Right. She Exactly. Clock is ticking. Um. But really, this is incredible, incredible. There's a whole journey my food has created. And in fact, we don't say this just about food. We say this about, there's four levels of creation. We say it about inanimate objects, um, vegetation, um, you know, everything in life. The, the purpose of it is to be used in the more advanced species in creation. And... The reason is, is because really the, low, the less advanced things in this world are really have a deeper source and they're begging to be redeemed. So that's, that's how... Begging for what? I'm sorry. They're begging to be redeemed. The, be redeemed. The, and that's how the way it works. We use machinery. We use tables. Why did God create it that I need a table? Why can't God create it that I would be able to hold things and it would be easy as pie, right? Everything in life. The reason isn't for me. The reason is because that thing, God wants that thing to be elevated. And the question is, how am I going to use that thing? Am I now going to use the table for good things or not? The table's creation. It's created for a purpose. It's everything in life, not just food, but we're focusing on food right now. 
Um, so when a couple's being yeah. intimate, what's, yeah. what's being raised? What's being raised? What do you mean? Well. Like what's the spiritual side? Yeah, no. What is it that we're trying to redeem from being intimate? So there could be the, the physical pleasure, just like food, but different, right? And then there could be the more meaningful spiritual side to it, um, which could be the connection. Right. And I have energy. Everyone has energy in this world, which that's spiritual. That's, that's a soul. And the question is, am I going to use that energy for something positive or not? So if that energy is being used just in pleasure... I'm really entrapping that energy and it's not being redeemed as opposed to if the relations are for meaning and purpose, a connection, um, anything good, anything positive, then that's redeeming my soul and that spiritual energy that's involved in the act. Every act, there's energy in the act. Does that answer the question or, or not? It's okay. Uh, I feel like you could tell me more about this than I could tell you. No, no, no. Because, you know, I deal with that all the time, so I just right. give this interest. But does that fit with what your understandings or not, not at all? Sorry? Does this fit with what, the way you understand it or not at all? Um, I never thought about it. Okay. I never thought about what, what am I receiving or what is a couple receiving. Right. Right. In any cooperative venture where it's just me and you. Right. Right. So We're did not you not really right. redeeming anything physical. Right. So exactly. Something right. spiritual. Like right. Exactly. I would say it's more like the energy invested in that act, because every energy every even every action, not just every existing thing, every action also requires energy and is special spiritual energy. Yeah, that, that. Is that? To the heart of my okay, fine. Yeah, thanks. Um, and, and that's it. Yeah, it goes to everything in life. Everything in life. We're focusing on food right now, and um, like, you can look on the screen. Did we freeze over here? All right. Sorry, let's go back. So, <laughs> what? <laughs> So we're saying enjoy your food. We're saying not to, not to not enjoy your food. You can enjoy your food, no problem. But while you're enjoying your food, you could be a cosmic hero. A Superman. Ah. So, because I'm redeeming that spark. Not only am I redeeming the spark, all the energy which went into, which is ties in with Joel, saying all the energy that went into creating this food, the workers, the farmer in Kansas, they all put energy in this food. And if I have the right intentions while eating this food, I can elevate the sparks, not just in the food, but the whole process it took to create the food, right? So all this relies on me and what I could do. So I could be, I'm a dictator, really. I have the power of all these energies in my hands and I could do what I want with it. I could have the right intentions and elevate it, or I could have no intentions and I could bury the spark deeper because I'm adding my own pleasure and ego to it. Um, so it could go both ways. I'm just going to go right. and work on the concept of the redemption. 
Um, Correct. What exactly would we mean here when we say food redeeming the, the God, godly energy? I mean, how does it, what's the redemption in it? Maybe I'm not understanding okay. the word that's complicated. All right. So, just like in, I guess, a real prison, uh-huh. right? Um, the person is physically behind bars, right? right? But there could be a mental aspect of being behind bars. That I'm stuck in this concept, I'm stuck in this world, and I can't be mentally free of this world. So inside the raisin, there is a spiritual mentality which enjoys being spiritual and godly but naturally when as it exists as god created it as a raisin the first thing that you see when you see a raisin is it's saying the raisin if a raisin had a brain all it's saying is that i exist i take up space and i have a lot of and i have pleasure the raisin wants to be free um so the spiritual spark the spiritual the spiritual mentality behind the raisin really wants to be freed into godliness into its purpose of creation. Um, so it's stuck. It's stuck in the reason and it can't fulfill its purpose. What's, what is the spiritual purpose of the, of, of the energy? Is to be elevated into a human being, into the soul of a human being, by making a blessing, being, great, being grateful. And when it goes into the soul of a human being, it now achieved its purpose in this world, and it's spiritually free to be a, a godly thing. Does that, does that make okay. sense? Okay, Meaning, just like there's physical imprisonment, there could be mental imprisonment. Someone could be mentally stuck in a point of view, and that's really what the spiritual energy is. It's stuck in not being a golly thing. It's stuck in being a reason. Yeah. I'm just having a... Right. Or how to apply to food beats more. Right, right. Okay. Right. But I'll work on that. Right. Okay. And... Well, that's the idea, and um, should we read uh, text five over? I think this is what um, Jason was saying, actually. Um, Maybe Jason should read it. <laughs> yeah? No, of course. Uh, oh, I had a question. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, on 153, it says, uh, to the rights of Masha, we should First tithing and then second tithing. I never heard of first and second tithing. Oh. What are those? Bottom two lines. Do it observe the rights of the Mysorishan and Mysorishani? Yeah. Yeah. One is for the, it's for, it's for, there's a lot of different things. There was 10 items that were done, 10, ten different ways of, 10 mitzvos with, with bread. So one of them is Mysorishan and Mysorishani. One is, giving to the Levite, to the Levi, and one is giving to the poor. Um, Do we have those today? Or we just have um, not, not here. The question is in Israel. A lot of these mitzvahs apply in Israel. Uh-huh. Apply in Israel. So if you go to Israel, there's, you have to be careful for Miser, what year, and different things. I, I, I don't really know about okay. that I because know. I never I went to Israel, so I, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> applicable to me yet. But I, some of the, most of the laws apply in Israel. Okay, so, um, yeah, Ofer, would you like to read the text five? Sure. Yeah. 
There is a way to position eating as an act akin to offering sacrifice to God. For example, you can eat marbled beef and drink fragrant wine for the sake of broadening your mind to better understand God and His Torah. Or to fulfill the mitzvah of enjoying Shabbat and festivals with good food and beverage. When, we, when eaten in such a way, the meat and wine are sublimated. Conversely, if you eat meat gluttonously, simply for corporal pleasure, the energy you derive from the food or beverage is temporarily dragged down into the clutches of negative energy that obstruct thought. Right. So the point is, you see that you could um, do it in a lot of different ways. You could elevate something by using it for a class, a Torah class. So that's why we have a lot of good food over here. So, um, and now we'll have a meditation. So everyone could take their raisin for the meditation and pass it around. Take one, take one but don't eat it yet. <laughs> wait for the... Wait for the end. Or you can take two if you want to. Uh, <laughs> we have more raisins, trust me. We're good. I've also heard it's to calm the animal soul. The, the food before class. To it's calm like, the animal soul. Yeah, so, so that you, you, know, you walk in and you're like, I'm, I'm hungry oh. and thirsty. So you, you know, there's some cookies and tea. Right. Yeah. Your animal soul just sort of... Just put that's out of the way. Out, yeah. So your, right. your godly soul can... Right. That, that's personally how I yeah I feel that all the time it's like if I'm hungry right now okay just like take care of that fine now I can focus on the spiritual you know just move on instead of instead of the opposite um, whatever if the joke goes that this guy rocks into synagogue and, and on 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 uh, um, one of the holiest days of the year Rosh Hashanah I believe and he's and he's seeing that everyone's everyone's crying Saying, why is everyone crying? It must be that the chalent, that that's the food that's being ready at the end, of, that they're going to serve at the end, is not it. They they just want to have, they want the prayers to finish already. They're hungry for the food. After, mm-hmm. then he sees everyone. Everyone is suddenly happy. Everyone's praying. Everyone's rejoicing. Singing a happy song. Why? He's thinking, why would everyone be happy? Just a second ago, we were sad that the food's not here yet. Came to the realization that the reason why the reason why. Um, everyone's happy is because the longer the chalent cooks, the better it's going to taste. <laughs> so he's thinking, this is great. And then what happens is suddenly at the end, everyone's sad again. Everyone, he's like, why? So why are you sad again? Then you realize, even though the chalent's cooking is so good, and the more it cooks, the better it will taste, but I already, I just want the chalent already. And that's why everyone's sad again. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that wasn't the ideas of the prayers. But this, this, this animal... This concept is also used for us and Mashiach, Messiah. Is that first we're, 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 sad, um, we're sad. Why doesn't he come? Then we're happy. The, the longer he takes, you know, the more the world will be elevated and the world will become a better place. But then we're sad again because we already want him already. But that's the idea behind it. But the point is that you take, get rid of that. Get rid of the physical and you can enjoy the spiritual. Okay, so we'll, we'll, we'll start with this meditation. And here we go. We don't dichotomize between the holy and the secular. In other words, everything has meaning. Everything is 
valuable. Everything is precious. Even the most mundane aspects of life contain deep spiritual meaning. And we relate to that in a very profound way. Even eating. You have been given a raisin. Just hold it in your hand and I'll tell you what to do with it. <laughs> so gently close your eyes and just become aware of your five senses. Become aware of what your eyes see at the back of your eyelids. Anticipate the taste of the raisin once you begin to eat it. And become aware of any fragrance around you. I would like you to Take the raisin and adopt a particular kavana, focused intention. And the focused intention is that you are going to borrow the soul energy of that raisin and allow it to become part of your own energy system. You will do that by eating it. To adopt a focused kavana, we prepare ourselves by saying abrasa. Abracha, commonly translated as blessing, means a way of drawing down a channel for the soul spark within the raisin to become elevated through. Say it with me or just respond, Amen. Baruch Ato Adonai Eloheinu Melech Ha'olam Bayrei Pri Ha'etz. of the raisin, 
it changes even more. Become aware of the sweetness of its taste. All these aspects that are the product of the spark soul of that raisin. Sweetness produces uplift of emotions. That is the soul spark within. Listen to your teeth chewing the raisin, thereby making it much more amenable to digestion. All the wondrous ways that Hashem created the world, all just for elevating the soul spark in the seemingly mundane and ordinary. Be prepared now to swallow the remains of the raisin. And as you do, sense how it becomes one within you. vitamins and goodness being extracted through the bloodstream into the needs of the body and the soul spark within being released to a much higher spiritual state because of your bracha. Everything we do in life can be elevated and become much more meaningful if we understand the spiritual dynamics. Soul sparks exist in everything. When we do the right thing, we free the soul spark from its prison channeling it to its higher source and we become elevated in the process. So that's the meditation on the food. Any questions about food before we go on to the next part of our daily routine? If we redeem too too many raisins or foods that uh, we really get into that much uh, redemption with, um, we might get fat. I don't know. Or not. Because we're busy redeeming, so we're going around eating a lot of food. Good. Good point. That's true. Um, So I guess it's in addition to the first point that we were saying, along with eating healthy, 
And if something isn't healthy for me, um, then that spark is not redeemable for me. Someone else has to redeem that spark. Like if something is not, if you eat kosher, right? Something is not kosher, that spark is also not redeemable for me. So not everything is redeemable. So if I start eating not healthy things, those are also not redeemable for me, the the right person to eat that. Does that make sense? No, but I I mean perfectly kosher, perfectly redeemable. Then then go ahead and, well, if you become fat, I don't know if that's healthy. Yeah, right. That's my only concern. Right. I could really get into another raise and another and another. Right. Um, But. A lot of redemption there, but. But, right. Right. How do we know when to stop? Oh, when to stop. The doctors, I would say. Saying whatever is a healthy, whatever is a good uh, rationale to eat, you know, becoming too, eating too much isn't isn't healthy, that's for sure. Counted by calories, how do, we, how do we measure that? Oh, I'm not. I don't. I don't know. I'm not a doctor in health. I don't know exa- what the right med- right what the right amounts are. So where would I look to God for the guidance on oh. when to stop? Because a lot of people like myself, we really don't have like a limit or you know, um, I wouldn't know when to right. stop. Don't get a message like I'm full. Right. I feel like. God has his ways of answering that question through the doctors or online resources on what, how much, what, what's, a, what's, a, what's the right amount to eat, which really, God says a lot of the things, everything is from God, but God, some things gave over to the doctors and to the, um, to the health dietary uh, consultants. So they would be, I feel like, the right person to, to go to. Um, I don't know if you'll find a direct answer in, in the Bible, how much uh, food to eat. <laughs> Okay. But yeah, right. yeah, I think so. So um, when we do something mindfully, yeah, there, like talking to yeah. people, talk, and there's something that's released. There's a spark somewhere that's released. Yeah, yeah, and it's spiritually elevating for each individual person if they be mindful. Right. So, when we when we do a mitzvah, we're releasing a spark, and we're elevated. Both ways. Very good. It goes both ways. Yeah, both the object and me. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So um, next, we're gonna go into sleep, Um, and we'll be skipping some paragraphs to catch up, but we'll get all the main points, and this can be. A disclaimer is that most sleep meditations are to take things off your mind. This sleep meditation will help, will put more things on your mind. The reason is because most sleep meditations are to help you sleep better. This one's going to help your sleep energize your day better, meaning help you wake up better. So therefore, it's putting, it's putting purpose to your sleep, so that way you wake up energized. So it's different than a regular sleep meditation. Um, simply put, uh, without meditation... Um, what do I go to sleep? I go to sleep because I'm just out of energy and I just hit the sack. Or, or I just want to feel rested. So I go into bed and I fall asleep. And that is a simple, normal thing to do, but that is without meditation. Um, so exercise 5.2 on page 162. Imagine you're offered a magical pill that enables you to function endlessly without any sleep at all. Would you take it? 
who doesn't sleep, sharks. Um, Actually? Sharks don't sleep. Oh, wow. I don't want to be a shark. So do you want to be a shark? Do you want to be a shark? I don't. And you could accomplish, think about it, you could accomplish so much more. 14 hours a day, <laughs> whatever, you know, 12, 24 hours a day working. <laughs> Yeah, or not for having a good time what yeah, but for the only idea. ones with the pill and everybody else is asleep you couldn't like hang out and play with people sure. during those times anyway what you're right a lot of work then. exactly yeah. yeah you could do a lot of things so, <laughs> exactly it's not a bad idea during the day you could hang out with people right and some people it's gonna be up at all hours well i'll take it all together well i'll take the pill we'll be on it together <laughs> so <laughs> so so, um, obviously there's a downside. The downside is if um, we wouldn't be able to reset every morning. There's a certain reset button that we're able to restart a day and whatever went wrong that day, could restart and we'd be mentally probably bored at a certain time and we'd go crazy because we were doing this one project for five million hours straight. So there is an advantage to sleeping. Even if I didn't have to sleep, meaning sleep is valuable. God made us sleep, not just because we're humans that we need to sleep. God could have created us without sleeping. He created us that we need sleep because it's important to our mental system. Um, and like you see on the screen, if we're being mindful when we sleep, why are we really sleeping? We're not sleeping because we're tired, because God didn't have to create us with the need to, to be tired. We're sleeping because we need to be recharged and start a day anew, which is, which is a very important thing, start every day anew, um, which is the prayer of Modani. Um, and which is really the concept of yeah, we see the prayer of Mahdi. Thanking God for the fresh start in our day. And sleep is really a time to press pause. And you could uh, take stock of what happened, what went wrong the previous day. What can I fix? How can I be a new person? How can I forgive everyone who did something wrong to, to me the other day? And let go of um, any, anything toxic in my life. And just let go. And, you know, you could wake up in the morning and you're in a good mood. Even though you went to sleep in a bad mood. Because it's a lot of power. And it requires meditation because... If I just go to sleep in a bad mood and I wake up, I, I could also wake up in a bad mood. It, take, it requires meditation. Hey, I'm taking a mental break. I'm going to sleep now, um, which is important to think about. And uh, the third, uh, third reason why we go to sleep. Sorry, the second reason. Oops. Is that the spiritual dynamic of sleep? Is that we like you see on the screen? Is that what happens is during my, my sleep, what happens to my soul? my soul still here actually what happens is your soul goes to spiritual high back to spiritual high it gets rebooted recharged it's it's with it's in a place that it wants to be it's not next to body consciousness and and it's that's why i have all this energy in the morning once you're tired walks my spirituality got rebooted so with meditation i could tap into the spiritual readiness i could realize hey i have energy right now and let me think about that let me think about how to how to use it out how to start off my day and if I just go to sleep because I'm tired, um, I'm not gonna be able to access necessarily this energy. It takes mental, before I go to sleep, this is what I do. Personally, what I do, if, you, if, you're, if you're in business, um, um, this is also, it's, it's important to do with your business, but along with your life, what I do every night is I think about what did I do every hour of the day? Um, and I say, how can I change that? How could I do that tomorrow better or different? Uh, and I think it's very important that at the end of the day, that's what sleep does. It gives you this pause to say, think about how was today. Don't just live life as a continuum. How was today and how could I refresh that? How could I, how could I change that for tomorrow? 
Um, like if you do that in business, it's important to take a break and say, how, how are we doing so far? How can we progress? So same thing in, in life and everything and everything I do. So I personally try to do that every night and you, you'll be amazed in a week, things that were just on steady that weren't happening, like even just not flossing your teeth, you know, <laughs> suddenly boom, you're back and you're like, Hey, wait, why don't I do that? Let's put that in the schedule. Um, and now we'll get into, uh, we'll do the sleep meditation. Here we go. We got the speaker. Oops. Now we got the speaker. Now we got the speaker. Are you gonna send us a, a link to this meditation? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be in the email. Oops. Great. Lost it. Such a mystery. Falling asleep that absolutely beautiful transition as you move from consciousness into some state of subconsciousness. And what you're doing is allowing yourself to move upwards, wander your soul in higher realms where it is energized for the next morning. Gently close your eyes. And just become aware of waves rolling in from the sea. Observe one wave as it finally lands on the shoreline, losing its form, its last gasp, with its wetness extending, and then the excess gently rolling back into the sea, the cycle of a wave, the cycle of life. Are you aware of the moment of falling asleep when the wave loses its form and spreads on the shoreline? Do you prepare yourself for the journey of your soul at night? When the soul rises to higher realms, enjoying a tutorial to further enlighten it, give it peace and rest to become refreshed by morning time. Do you have complete trust in your sleep state? Do you willingly allow your soul to travel on high? That state of trust, bitachon, is so necessary 
for a good night's sleep. Beyodoi Avkid Ruchi. I deposit my soul in God's hands. The soul has been given to me by the manufacturer with a warranty. And that warranty includes nightly gain, improvement, refreshment. And that's why I sleep. Prepare yourself before you go to sleep to have a state of confidence that the journey will allow you to be a better you next morning. Say the Shema before you go to sleep to create that sense of absolute confidence as you deposit your soul on high. By doing so, the depth of your sleep allows the soul's return to be one that brings you strength and confidence the next morning. Prepare for a good sleep. Be confident in elevating your soul and allow the next day to be a day of further growth and the soul's pathway through the body to reach out and make the world a much better place. quickly wrap up with the work idea um, um, that's meditations for sleep what that put me to sleep yeah uh, it's good sleep meditation to put you to sleep huh nice um, so we'll, we'll do this um, quick and then we'll just go like a few minutes over time hopefully not too long um, so the Monday face, right? The, why, why do people have the Monday face? The joke is, you know, because sometimes work isn't the most enjoyable thing. Responsibilities are not necessarily the most enjoyable thing. Work equals responsibilities. So the question is, right, how do we um, calculate transform work into a meaningful act, right? So if I would ask you a question as follows, well, let's go back a step. Um, let's, uh, should, we, should we do the exercise? You guys wanna do the exercise? I think it's an important exercise. We'll give it like a 30 seconds for it. Um, on page 165, it's on page 165, it's exercise 5.3. So I guess the question is, why do you work? And whatever the answer is. And if the answer is to earn money, I challenge you to ask the next question. Why do you earn money? Et cetera, et cetera. Keep on asking yourself the questions. So you, uh, I think it's important to sit down for 30 seconds to ask, why do I do what I do? Why, why do it? Or do I just do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
So um, we're going to see, we're going to give different reasons. I want to see if the reasons we discussed is what you say. And if you want to add something else different than what I said, please add it, please add it. So um, if it, if obviously the answer could be obviously to earn money, to take care of my family, take care of my loved ones. Um, but the question is, if you never have to worry about earning a living, let's say you won the lottery uh, today for one point, whatever, nine billion, and you don't have to worry about a living, the question is, would I work? Would, it, would I continue working? And I feel like the answer, I, I, I feel like the answer would be for most people is yes, I'll continue working. Continue having some form of meaningful responsibilities after I take a one month long vacation and whatever. I'm gonna act, act, get involved in some meaningful act. And the question is why? Why do people like to work? Um, if, if anyone would not work the rest of the day of life, uh, please let me know now. And if anyone would decide to not work anymore, uh, please let me know. But I assume that everyone would like to work. So that's where we're going with. Um, so the question is why are humans wired to always be doing something? And the question is obviously stronger um, that we see on the screen that God values work. Like the, the saying is, I did, not inter, inter, I did not intend to interrupt you or your work. That's what a prophet once, that's what Elijah once said to a prophet. God values work, so the question is why? Why? Um, to further the question, we know is that, uh, seeing the screen, God sanctifies the work. Just like we know, resting on Shabbat is mitzvah. It's actually interesting that it's noted that working for six days of the week is also a mitzvah. It's not just Shabbat. The work of the six days is also a mitzvah. So the question is why? And I'll. Uh, um, what is the deepest drive to work? Meaning, even if I didn't have to earn money, why do I really want to work? And I feel like the answer would be like this. Let's say I offered you a th two options, either $1,000 or, as a present, $1,000, or your paycheck of $100 for today. Your paycheck for your hard work. And if you get the $1,000, you do not get your, your money for your, your work, right? You get a present, but I would take away, you do not get paid today. You do not. So the question is, what would you take? Um, which one? If you had a thousand dollars as a gift, someone's giving you a gift, or just the the money, which is less that you worked for, what would you take? I'll take thousand dollars. I'm with you. I'll take the thousand dollars. Now, I'm 100 with you. Now, what if someone stole the money? The thousand dollars. Yeah, someone stole that thousand dollars they got as a gift. Would you be more upset than if someone stole your hard-earned wages. Sure. You'd be more upset. So, or let's say it wasn't stolen. Let's say you were told you won the lottery and then it ended up being that you didn't win the lottery. It was a mistake, it was a typo. Would you be more upset than if someone stole your hard-earned wages, which you worked for? Um, and that's a question you could all, Think for yourself, but I personally um, find more attachment. Meaning, I cherish more um, my heart, my the money that I worked for, more than I cherish and I, and I value a present. It's less connected with me. If I had a choice, I would pick obviously the bigger the bigger amount because it's the bigger amount. Well, which one is more connected to my emotions deeper? Which one's part of my psyche more? Is the one that you worked for? Um, that's what I, that's personally, that's what I would say. Um, and the reason behind this is because God created a human being with, um, the desire to succeed, not necessarily to be wealthy, which is very different. It's important in life to be successful, 
not necessarily to be wealthy. Wealthy could be a present, a gift, or whatever. But it's, the best feeling is success. Um, and that is your own hard work. And that is the, the biggest attachment a person has because a person is created with a desire to work. And this um, answers the question of why will a person work, no matter what, even if you had all the money in the world. It's because a person has a deep desire to, like we said in the beginning, a person has a deep desire to work, to succeed in life, to make a difference in the world. More than, that's more important and more uh, intrinsic to human nature than amassing wealth. And that's why it's so important to focus on that. And that's why God focuses on that. Um, of course, if there's any objections, let me know. Uh, if anyone disagrees with that. Um, or obviously, there's meaning to your work if your work is naturally like a, a thing that helps people. That obviously brings meaning to your work. Um, now the spiritual, this is what we're going to end off with, the spiritual dimension to work. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm just skipping the text because, but you can read them as we go along because of the time. Um, they really could find God everywhere. So not only is it important because of my success, but it's also a godly aspect. And I'm going to compare it just like to the food. Just like the food, there's a godly spark in food. There's a godly spark in every action that we do in the workplace. Um... And really, you could find, you could expose the secret powers of the world by bringing God to your business, bringing God to, if you're the dentist, or if you work at home, or whatever type of work you do, as you see, um, whatever meaningful responsibilities you have, um, you can bring God there. And what's very interesting is, when you go to heaven, one of the first questions you will be asked is, did you conduct business faithfully? Um, these, these are one of the first questions. And you could actually read that um, in Hebrew, right? We explained earlier that you could read Hebrew different ways, you could read that as, did you find godliness in the mundane business? Meaning, that's going to be the first question to ask. Did you, when we go up to heaven, do you find godliness in the mundane? And everyone could, can translate. I, I just read this amazing story where this um, man is Mr. Aaron Feuerstein. He, he had the biggest textile factory in Massachusetts. And one day, the whole thing burnt down. Um, and he was offered by the insurance to get $300 million. Um, so the question is, what is he going to do with the $300 million? So the next day he gets up and he makes an announcement. It was in the news. A few politicians were there. This is in 1995. And he announced that with the $300 million, with a big portion of that money, he's going to rebuild a factory. But with a big portion, he's going to continue play, paying all the employers uh, the same paycheck with bonuses until, um, until the workplace is, is reestablished. And he made, he, made, uh, he made it to the news, and everyone was asking, and he was asking on television, why did you do that? Why didn't, any person would pocket the money or create bigger, you know? And he answered, is because I wanted to reveal God in this world. And I believe you do that by being ethical. And that's the answer. We could all find God in our work. Um, for everyone, it means something else. It could mean by being ethical. It could mean by always saying, when someone says, how are you doing? You say, I'm doing great, thank God. You just brought God to the, to the workplace. For everyone, it means something else, something different. But by representing goodness and kindness, and uplift, uplifting someone else's day, that's how you bring God to the work. Um, um, and it, obviously, according to your situation, that's how it would translate. Um, oops. Sorry, I froze.
and the opportunities obviously await you at all moments. And if you express intention, you'll find them with meditation. Meditation, you'll find how in the work, there's spiritual moments that I could release if I think about it. If, I, if I'm not thinking about it, it's not gonna happen. I'm just gonna, obviously the negative side to wealth, to, to working is me greed, massing wealth, just for selfish reasons and that. That's the default unless I meditate. And um, that's pretty much it. We have, There's another meditation on work, but I don't know if you guys want to do it now. It's five minutes. Um, but we can end here unless you want, anyone wants to do the meditation now. Actually got to get going. Yeah, that's what I figured. Okay, so I think we'll end now and you'll send in the email. And um, that's pretty much it for, for tonight. Sorry for going over time. Um, yeah, but anyone who wants to stay is welcome to ask questions or... Thank you for coming. And, so yeah. how do you, um, I know like you said, you know, with food there's the blessings and with other things, but then what do you do with work, right? Like with the sleep, you're like meditating on it before you go to sleep or you do different things. So how do you do it with work? Like when do you meditate? Yeah, how do you, you know, uh, find the meaning Right. Um, I feel like the way to find this, the way to translate that would be the same way, like let's say someone's an obsessed baseball fan, right? Mm -hmm. It comes out in his work. It really does. Because whenever you're meeting with someone, if you're talking with someone, you sometimes if you start a conversation before you did the official part of the meeting, oh, did you follow that game or whatever you, are you that, you know? Same way with any obsession in life. If you're musical, um, if you if you have a certain hobby, uh, it could come out in your work. It could come out in the in between breaks. It could come out um, when you're humming a song while you're working, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know. So the same thing with any obsession. If you're obsessed with it, it comes out when you, it come out in your work, and, and it doesn't have to take away from the work. It adds to the work. It adds more meaning. It makes people around you happy. It adds more purpose or meaning into the, into what you're doing because I'm working in order for my music to be good, so that's why I'm working right now. Same thing with God. I could think that the reason I could, I could be obsessed with spirituality and ethics, that every encounter I have is, hey, um, how are you doing? Um, you know, I just did this, uh, when I was on the way here, I just helped this woman cross the street, elderly woman, I helped her cross the street, or um, when I asked, like I said before, someone asked you, how are you doing? So thank God, or some people wear a kippah to work, you know, different things of, of if you're obsessed with something, kind of comes out in, in everyone in their own situation. Does that answer? Mm -hmm. What if your job is like to give people parking tickets? <laughs> that, and like, yeah. right, it is, it is someone's job yeah. and we, we need that job, right? Yeah. Like someone has to do it. I mean, and, you know, because there's aspects of my right. job that are kind of like giving people parking tickets. Right. Like I was just dealing with this today. My goodness. No, no, no. There's, there's, the, I mean, there's aspects of my job um, that are like. When the uh, we keep it here for next Making time? sure that people are following the rules. Yeah, thank you. It's kind of like giving people parking tickets. Yeah, all the best. So, how do you bring meaning to that part of your your job? Like bringing meaning. Or like needing to discipline anybody, right? You being like a teacher, right? Or right. There's plenty of jobs. Right. So, is that necessarily a bad thing? It could be. It's a good thing. You know, that's that's what brings law and order into this world, but if it's done with rationale, with explanation, 
with a kind note on the bottom, hi, I don't want to do this to you, but this is my job and it's to make the world a better place, I feel like that would change. I, I don't know, I'm sure, meaning, it's not, if you believe what you're doing is, is what's important, so there's got to be a way to do it and not. Right, with compassion, I suppose, What? It's with compassion. Yeah, C- kind of like, you know, a child, when edu- educating a child, I'd imagine the same thing, like, sometimes I have to tell them, you know, to, this is not the, Mira, you can't eat that piece of food because <laughs> it's dangerous for you right now. Right. And so I could take it away from her and then give her a hug, you know? <laughs> Um, you know but I guess that's up to you to figure out because that's right. I, I don't, <laughs> I'm not in your position <laughs> right. right all right well, thank you thank you for thank you for coming thank you. please take a piece of cake on the way out